What if I told you that there's a cure for chronic pain? Yes, for that pain you were told you would just have to manage. And what if I told you that that cure is already inside of you? Would you believe me? Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus, and I'm really pleased to be here with you for episode nine today. So in this episode, I'm really excited to give you another amazing healing story uh, from Adam. So Adam actually contacted me uh, and volunteered to come on and share his story with you uh, to to try and help people and spread the word. And Adam actually experienced about 20 years of back pain, which became so severe that he was at one point told to give up, you know, sports and lifting and things like that in order to protect his back. And he also experienced neck pain and migraine. But after coming across uh, John Sano and the mind-body healing space, Adam is now back uh, at sport and he's doing incredibly well. And so it really is a a great story to share. But before I get onto that, there are a couple of things I wanted to uh, to raise, to discuss. But I'll try and make it quick. This is Adam's episode and it's a fabulous episode. So there are three things. The first one is... I have had a couple of people contact me specifically asking if I know of any TMS therapists or mind-body therapists in Perth specifically. Uh, So I thought I would put the call out just because I have had a few people asking specifically about Perth. If there are any TMS therapists or if anybody knows of anybody doing the TMS work in Perth to let me know so I can pass the details on because I'm not from Perth and I don't know anybody from Perth or if you are practicing in Australia it would also be great if you could let me know so that when people contact me I can pass the information on unfortunately I don't think there are too many people out there yet in Australia but if you are let me know I can put a list together Um, that would be great you can find my email address in the show notes Um, so thank you And the second point I would like to raise is you will notice uh, this episode is a little bit later than normal, or you might notice. And I have had a couple of people contact me about that, check in with that. So thank you. Thank you for, for checking in on me and also for letting me know that the show is important to you and that you have, have missed it. So I will be honest about why it's late Uh, I am currently experiencing some significant mental health uh, challenges and I'm trying to look after myself and I might do an episode uh, coming up about uh, where I'm up to and sort of what's happening for me but I I just have to work out how uh, best to talk about it. So uh, the episodes might come out a little bit more sporadically at least for the time being so they won't Uh, probably not be fortnightly, uh, while I try to put myself first and make sure that I'm doing okay. Uh, But don't worry, uh, things will still be ticking along in the background. 
uh, because I, you know, I'm still very passionate about spreading this message and, and helping others. So that gets me on to my last point. You will have noticed that my social media that I set up for this podcast is also been relatively inactive of late. And the reason for that is in, in part because of the mental health challenges, but also because I've noticed that Facebook is generally not showing my posts to people, to my followers. So when you have a page, it will tell you how many people have seen your posts. And very few people um, are seeing my posts and I think that's probably because of the Facebook algorithm. So Facebook keeps emailing me or sending me notifications to pay money to boost my posts so that more people will see them. So it's this, you know, Facebook is at the end of the day a business and it's trying to make money. But I, I didn't start this podcast. You know, I'm doing this out of my own time and I can't afford to pay money just so um, people will actually see what I'm posting I think maybe once you're a big established page it's probably okay but as a small page yeah I'm having some challenges and in some ways it feels like a giant game like you have to learn how to game the algorithm and obviously I don't have the time for that at the moment Um, and also I don't feel like playing the game (laughs) And there are lots of people who podcast without social media pages, so they just have their podcast. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with my social media pages just yet. Maybe I'll just keep them and post whenever a new episode comes out. I'm not sure. We'll just see see what happens. Um, but, yeah, that's the three things I wanted to, to raise with you all. Uh, so now I'll... Um, play my regular disclaimer that I play at the start of every episode obviously because your your safety is very important and then um, I will get on to to Adam's um, Adam's story which is which is fantastic so off we go I hold my doctorate in education but I'm not a medical doctor All the content I provide in any medium, including but not limited to this podcast, is for informational purposes only. No content provided by me is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The purpose is to promote broad understanding and knowledge of various health topics. If you choose to use any information provided by me, you do so solely at your own risk. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. Do not embark on a mind-body healing journey till you have clearance from your healthcare practitioner to do so and until you have discussed how to apply mind-body healing to your own individual case with your healthcare practitioner.
So welcome to the Let's Talk Mind, Body, Healing podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Daramus, and today I am here with Adam, who is a fellow Aussie, so I'm very pleased to have him here with me. Um, so Adam, thank you so much for coming in and agreeing to have a chat. Um, so just to get us started, um, maybe can you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, my name's Adam, obviously, as you've said, and I'm 42, and I am a father of three. I'm married and a father of three, and I'm a primary school teacher. Um, and very, we're a sports mad family, I guess, and very active in the community. And um, yeah, so that's that's me in a nutshell. Mm, lovely. I love a good, I'm, originally a maths trained teacher so yeah primary school teacher there love it yep all right so let's get into the nuts and bolts so you're obviously here to share your TMS story um, with me um, and with our listeners so can you give us a rundown on sort of what your life was like before you found um, the mind-body healing. So tell us about the symptoms you experienced, how they affected you, um, how they were treated and diagnosed by the medical profession, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, so mine was a 20-year journey. So wow. um, <clears throat> what started as probably more like a chronic injury uh, mm -hmm. and then it became chronic pain. So at, I, um, I was you know, born into a fairly sports mad family. Mum and dad were active athletes and um, my brother and sister and we all participated in lots of different sports. And, uh, you know, we were a middle-class, <clears throat> well-loved family. Uh, we moved a number of times throughout our teenage years, in the high school years, and I experienced bullying and racism for the first time. Uh, throughout those sort of mid-teens. Now, one of my dad's mottos through our football um, days was to not show that you're hurt. So mm. um, it was a mantra amongst my brother and I, being little guys playing football, that you always got up and you never let anyone know that you're hurt. Um, and it's funny that I ran with that in lots of different areas in my life and it took me to reflect on that a long time later. But um, at the age of 17, while playing football and just running, I had I experienced back pain for the first time. And that was the, the shoot of back pain, that nerve pain that is a horrible feeling that I'm sure mm. many people have felt before. And um, so that and was, was just, just from running, you said? Just from running. Yep. There was no contact. There was no yeah, impact. Um, and it was a complete shock. Um, as it would now, have been yeah now how a 17 year old boy explains that to anybody and and thankfully I, I I got over it pretty quickly um and then throughout um from probably 17 to my early to my late 20s I that was the chronic injury that kept reoccurring mm -hmm. um now it would reoccur probably you know once or twice a year and very quickly, I probably became known as everybody's friend with the sore back, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, and each time I did it, I, um, 
And you've got to remember, I'm 42, so we were the products of the 90s where everything was about stretching. So um, your body was a machine. You've got to stretch. You've got to keep limber. You've got to get strong. And Adam, you just must be weak. You must just have a weak back, Adam, was pretty much, you know, what I thought. And, um, yeah, so like I said, for the next 10 years, lots of reoccurring back injuries, same sort of thing. Uh, often it could be as easy as putting my socks on, underpants on, walking down the street, and this, and my back would go. Um, now I always thought it was a weakness and something was causing it, and I always found excuses for it. Um, and throughout those 10 years, I went to loads of different physios, chiropractors, um, acupuncture, yoga, Pilates, you name it. I I would come home and go, I found this guy. He knows what my problem is. I've just yeah, got to do this, yeah. you know. And You um, always feel like this is the one. This is yeah, the one. This, is, the one. this <laughs> is it. And you're like, it feels better. Like this is yeah, the time. Yeah, it yeah. feels better. And each time it was just a vicious cycle. It really was. And that cycle became more and more frequent. Now, funnily enough, like throughout those 10 years, you know, I went to uni, I had a ball at uni, I became a teacher, I met my beautiful wife, we got married, we travelled, um, and then we were living in a little th- two-bedroom unit and we'd had three kids under the age of two. Oh, and my gosh. <laughs> we had twins. <laughs> the stress. Yeah, we had twins and I, you know, I was new in the work, we had a new mortgage and we had... You know, so life was awesome, but life was also overwhelming. And Mm. uh, I was folding up the washing on the floor one evening and my back, um, the spasm was like nothing I'd ever felt before. And it was, um, yeah, it was a horrible feeling and I couldn't move. Um, I was in agony. I was, um, yeah, it was just the most horrendous feeling. It took months of, of painkillers, you know, heavy painkillers just to get through the next few months. Um, it was then that I got my first MRI mm-hmm. um, and saw a neurosurgeon for the first time. The neurosurgeon told me that, um, yes, you had these bulging discs, two bulging discs, and DDD, which is like the disc, you know, the degenerative disease, yeah. yeah. And that um, it wasn't really pressing on any nerves, so we don't need to operate. Now, I was, by the time I got to his office, um, I was at a complete loss. I was, you know, I was pleading. I was almost like, you know, cut me open and do the surgery now. Like I'm... I'm a mess. I can't do this anymore. Um, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. It's like you're just pleading for them to fight. You, you just want them to find something wrong with you so that you can, yeah, you know, absolutely. find it, get it out of me. Like, yeah. Yeah. So then um, he gave me one instruction. He said, just, just to swim and you need to work on your core. So again, this was dealing with the weakness that you have, Adam, just dealing with your core yeah. and, and I swam religiously. I, I thought, you know, I've just got to swim and follow his instructions. Um, and saw him two years later and he said, yeah, there's nothing else I can offer you. You just 
keep at it, you know, with your swimming and things will improve. Well, things didn't. Throughout my 30s, it became more, as it, it became more frequent, uh, the back spasms, and I also introduced migraine headaches. Oh, nice. So it was migrating. <laughs> and I also introduced um, my neck going out as well. So I had these three things that would work, would, that would take their turn on which one would um, would take me down for, for a period of time. And, um, you know, so for the migraines, I went and got an MRI on my, mm. on, on my head and to see what was creating the, you know, that. And, um, yeah, I was, I was quite the mess throughout my 30s. It was just a, a, a vicious cycle of coming home from a, you know, from a physio or from a chiropractor or for someone somewhere like that um, and getting told the same, you know, thinking that, yep, yep, we're on here, we're, we're, these guys are going to help me um, and, yeah, back down the spiral of, of depression really, just feeling helpless. Um, so... All right, so the last thing I heard was that you just got an MRI on your for your migraines. <laughs> yeah, so right. <laughs> um, I'll start again. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, after the MRI of, of uh, in regards to the migraines, there was nothing they could do there either. There was nothing significant that had been found. Um, so, yeah, throughout my 30s, I continued on this horrible spiral of you know frequent back spasms frequent migraines frequent neck pain and in the meantime I'm still holding down a you know a full-time teaching role and I'm still trying to play a father to three young children um and um my poor wife you know what I put her through of just being forever helpless in mm. in the chronic pain that I was dealing with um, and not having an answer because, mind you, I was still going to different physios every chance I had. I was still going to a chiropractor. I was still going to, you know, every new different agency I could find to try and find a solution. That doesn't sound like helplessness to me. I just thought I would say that, you, you know, yeah. still fighting on. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I think it's it's, it's a it's matter hard. of yeah. yeah, being stuck in the health the health system. It's what it is. Yeah, you're right, actually, because you know everybody I did see thought they had an answer and thought they could help me, um, and and I always trusted them. Um, you do because you don't have any other choice. No, um, and yeah, it was probably throughout my thirties too that I started seeing a. Uh, a sports psychologist, a psychologist in regards to trying, you know, I was obviously dealing with depression at that stage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just I was in my own head um, for a good 10 years there, lots of tears. And um, eventually in 2018, two, yeah, beginning of 2018, I got more MRIs on my back and went and saw another specialist, another neurosurgeon. 
Now, I was convinced this time that they're going to operate. There's something wrong. I need to, you know, get rid of this pain. Mm. Um, and sure enough, again, this um, neurosurgeon just uh, told me that I just needed to modify my life. I would never surf again. I would never run again. I would never pick up anything bigger than a kilo or two again. He just threw fear into everything, into my whole life, into all, all the sporting things I love to do. He said never to do them again. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's an incredible, incredible thing to be told. You can't do any of these things you love ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So just deal with it. You know, take the anti-inflammatories, take the painkillers, take whatever you need to do, and um, you just need to deal with it. So, yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I was lost. I was, I was feeling very helpless. I was in daily pain at that stage, um, and I had some horrible drives to work, where I had some horrible thoughts about you know, just ending the pain. So um, it wasn't nice. So, and then one day at work, a few months after this time, I'd given up on everything. I was accepting this is the way life was going to be and I was Googling away and up popped on my Google search something about a book by Dr. Sarno called Healing Back Pain. (laughs) um now you know I enjoy reading um I couldn't help myself but order it online the book and um started reading reviews and um and then started stumbling on more and more things I read the book I stumbled on the TMS wiki and um yeah my eyes were open to this whole new world of hope um so like you said, I was, um, I probably was looking for hope in, in that whole 20 years. I, I wouldn't have kept going to physios and chiropractors and neurosurgeons if I wasn't. Um, so mm-hmm. finding this book and finding these websites uh, was a new form of hope for me. And I thought, well, what have I got to lose? Um, let's, in, let's read it, let's invest and let's um, see where it takes me. Um, now, obviously, it was completely foreign for me to to look in something that, um, you know, nobody had ever heard before, um, certainly not any of my family or friends, and to, and to invest in it as well. So... Um, it's yeah, obviously... Yeah. It's obviously a very rapidly different way of looking at things for you who, you know, you said earlier that you thought you had a week back and your entire life like that's what obviously what you had been told and what you had taken on and what that last neurosurgeon had told you yeah you know how difficult was this to sort of (laughs) I don't know read this like completely foreign thing and you know it was yeah it was mind-boggling and the more I um searched and the more I looked into things um I was baffled reading all these reviews and uh there's a tms <laughs> success stories website and all these people would write letters to dr sano about their recovery and just to thank him and then the tms wiki and i was 
Yeah, I just could not believe it. I just could not believe it. And um, and you know what? It, it, it gave me hope. So I had nothing to lose. I read the book. I downloaded the Curable app on my phone. Mm. I found that. Um, and I just started to try and, I guess, digest it all. Now, for someone like me who's not religious, you know, uh, uh, 40-something-year-old, you know, sports mad who's just um, believed that your body's a, a machine all my life. Um, to, and, you know, even mental health was new to me, at, at, you know, yeah. initially through my 30s. So to um, to be driving to work reading, uh, to, to be driving to work and saying John Sarno's affirmations, <laughs> um, and, and self-talk I was laughing and almost crying at the same time at myself um, like really trying to yeah digest um, you know the message and the principles of TMS um, so no I wasn't one of those guys who read the book and had instant success mm. um, you know it 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 took time and then I found Eddie's podcast and Eddie Lindenstein's podcast was just sort of taking off while I was in my early phases of, um, you know, getting my head around TMS. And so everything just aligned. Um, and, yeah, sure enough, months at a time I was, I was um, making gains. Um, and with those gains I only just continued to reinvest and re you know read more and and listen more and 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 yeah continue down this pathway so mm. so, so that was yeah that was the end of 2018 so that was 18 19 22 and a half years ago now yeah yeah so what were the sort of main main healing you know tools and techniques and things that you use so you spoke about the affirmations and the podcast and just really surrounding yourself in it but is that all so that was definitely the first step to really yeah that's what I was to really yeah. believe and learn and and you know understand what was what was behind this principle um the second thing was just to um to really identify and reflect on what was going on in my life. Um, so journaling was the first one to do mm -hmm. that. Um, and I took on the principle of um, Nicole Sachs's journaling sort of principle where she would write the first words would be I feel and um, then you would go into what you were feeling and I would just write this messy piece of, you know, writing with swear words and things I'd never say to people and to anyone, not even my wife, and then I'd rip it up and throw it in the bin. Now, I had um, I had 20 years of baggage that I just didn't realise I had, just mm. all these suppressed emotions from you know, from the early bullying days and racism to um, to being a good dad, to being a good husband, um, to, you know, there was, yeah, there, there was lots of things there that um, really helped me with journaling. And then next was 
identifying the fear that I generated in my life and the catastrophizing. Um, oh, my God. I, I read on the Curable, I think it was a Curable app or one of the websites um, about wearing an elastic band around your wrist. Oh, yes. And um, any any thought that I had, now you've got to remember I'm, I lived inside my head for a long time and, um, and I didn't realise and I had a lot of fear and a lot of catastrophizing going on. I was so hypervigilant of my body at this stage that um, the elastic band around my wrist, every time I had a, a thought of fear or catastrophizing or I was being hypervigilant about the, you know, the soreness in my head or back or neck or wherever, I had to flick the elastic band. I did the elastic band around my wrist for a few weeks and, oh, my God, my poor wrist was red <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, my God, I just I could not believe um, that I was doing it. I just could not believe that I was doing it. It's you know? amazing how much of your time and energy, because I was exactly the same, goes into yeah. like constantly where's the pain now, what's it doing? and checking in with yourself and I remember like as I was going through this when my mind started to quiet quiet like get quieter I was like what did I ever think about before the pain no it, just, isn't it, it was so horribly guilty feeling that yeah you know, that your thoughts have just consumed by yeah these these things that are going on in your body like or in your mind like it really for me, looking back, I go, that really was the perfect distraction. Yeah, to life, to everything around you, yeah. And it was my perfect distraction. It really was. And mm. and this rubber band around my wrist really proved that to me. So, um, you know, that was probably my second biggest thing that I needed. And then from there it was self-talk mm. now. Um, self-talk has been huge for me. Um, you know, these were, you know, things I picked up from Eddie's podcast and things that I listened to, but I need it as, as simple as reminding myself that I am a hundred percent or when I have that fear of, you know, that hypervigilance towards my body or what I'm feeling and reminding myself that I'm a hundred percent and there's nothing wrong with me is gold for me. I, it's so simple, but it is so productive. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got to get these conditioned responses out, you know. I've got to really, yeah, re remind myself that I'm 100% and that I'm fine. So, you know, I'm two and a half years in, made huge gains, um, but I, it's, can, it's management still, you know. I yeah. still use management um, and the steps to, to shaking this are getting greater and greater. I'm only taking a few little steps back. Um, you know, my tools are getting me through and allowing me to take bigger, longer and longer periods of time between, yeah, anything. So... They're, yeah, they're the, they're the three in a nutshell, just believing, identifying and managing. 
Mm. How incredible. And to see how well you're doing now. Yeah. So, you know, one of those things that I was told in the back of 2018 was that I'd never get back to sports again. Now, Mm. um, by 2019, by the middle of 2019, I was surfing, I was cycling, I was running, I was playing, you know, having, I was coaching the kids um, AFL down at the local fields and I was running around and kicking the ball with them. Um, Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't easy. Like initially um, it was a battle to get through every one of those hurdles. And I actually called upon um, Jim Prusak Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing of anyone in Australia that existed. I'd heard Jim on a podcast in um, on Eddie's podcast and I contacted Jim Prusak from San Diego and we did a few Zoom calls, um, a few online consultations and um, Jim was excellent because I had so many condition responses um, that were still still coming back to haunt me. So, you know, like picking up a heavy item, well, you know, that's going to make my back sore. Um, Sleeping the wrong way is going to make my neck sore. Um, You know, training for a long period of time is going to give me a a migraine. Like I just had years of condition responses that that I needed to challenge. I needed to to shake. Like they were were ruling me Um, and... Um, and that can yeah. be, it can be such a difficult thing to shake. And that's what I've said. In some ways, it feels like you're fighting against what has become your nature. So your yeah. brain is predicting this pain and creating this pain. And that, that's, that's what has become your nature. And you have to fight against that to create a new nature. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like we, you know, 20 years into dealing with it, I just thought that that's, that's just the way it is and I'd come to terms with, you know, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. lift heavy things or I can't sleep this way in bed because whatever or I can't, I've got to drink a certain amount of water or I'll get migraines. Like, oh, my God, just. Yeah, so many <laughs> rules. Yeah, yeah it, it, it ruled me. So, um, so Jim and I sort of talked about... Um, calling it, you know, giving it a name and calling it Game On. Mm-hmm. So because it's, it essentially was a beacon, like it was, you know, um, my back would twinge or my neck would tighten up and or the headache would start to come on. And, and rather than catastrophize and rather than do the old thing that I do where I go, oh, no, oh, no, it's coming, and... And I would just get thrown into a spin. I, my mind would just, yeah, it was a deep, dark hole that it would throw me in. I tried to reverse that. And I have been reversing that. I've been doing it actively for two and a half years now where I go, no, no, all right, I felt the, you know, that. No, I'm all right. Game on. Because, you know, Jim said you can't practice to get better until things are occurring. So yeah. he said if that if that beacon he said does go off then challenge it don't 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 get mad with it don't get um don't get scared of it just you know the self-talk comes in you go no no all right I'm all right yep I felt that 
But um, I'm all right. I'm pushing on and I'm ignoring you and I'm 100%. And, um, you know, I might need to self-talk for the rest of the day to, to deal with that. But, um, yeah, I just was small wins at first and those wins were getting were becoming larger and larger. So um, it was really beneficial for me to change my reaction to to those sensations in my body. Mm. I think there's a couple of things you've highlight, highlighted there really well. The, the first one, you've actually like the idea of outcome independence, that when it comes on, it doesn't matter. You have to just, you know, I'm okay. It's fine, you know. Yeah. That, you yeah. know, and the, the repetition, like this is something that takes time and it takes repetition and, you know, it yeah, doesn't it happen overnight. For a lot of people anyway. Yeah, and it didn't happen overnight for me, you know. It really didn't. And, you know, this little repertoire of things that I do now, it it, um, it, it works for me. It's what I mm. read and it's what I learnt um, and it's what I have almost, you know, created my own unique little, um, you know, principles to, to help me. Um, I like, I, I like yeah. that. As I was say, because I think for everyone, it is really is creating your own repertoire and finding out what works for you. And like you said, you say, you know, game on. That, yeah. I feel like that's a very sports metaphor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Whenever I get like a prickle or a twinge, because I still, you know, I'm still working through it myself. I go, oh, hello, friend. Like mine is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not game on. It's like, oh, hi, friend. Like, you, you know, you're here to tell me that, you know, I've got something going on emotionally. Like, that's all right. Yeah. Thank you. No. Yeah. And, you know, like, come, they come on at the most horrible times too. Like, you know, I might be in front of a classroom of kids or, you know, I might be in a meeting or something. And, and, and at first I just need to breathe. I just need to, you know, deep breath or two. I need to self-talk, really change the, the you know, the fear process because that's where it used to go self-talk and then when I get time that's when I can you know check in a bit deeper so whether that's you know meditating for for five minutes and clearing your mind or whether that's going back to journaling and for me doing the I feel I feel and go all right well that emotion's done now I'm I understand my my teacup of emotions is tipping over and I'm, I'm not dealing with something or I'm um, well, for, some, for me, sometimes it was just the conditioned responses, you know, picking up something heavy or, um, yeah. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, the breath is a good one. The breath is the gateway to the nervous system and you can stop and take a deep breath no matter where you are and nobody will know. Yeah, absolutely. And self-talk. Nobody well, that's knows right. no one doing it. <laughs> no one knows what's going on in there. That's right. Yeah. Although I did have lots of friends um that I trained with over the years notice my elastic band around my wrist and me snapping it and they were um they questioned me on what I was doing there at the time <laughs> it's an interesting um one that's I guess I'll I guess I'll ask you that um how how have you handled you know telling others about it and you know what you've been doing how have people sort of reacted um you're good for the most part like I I was definitely guilty of 
of the early days wanting to stand on the highest mountain and and tell, tell everybody everyone. what a wonderful thing I had found and yeah. and you know you should do it but I was probably fortunate in the fact that I don't really have anybody too close that is in chronic pain or deals with chronic sort of things so mm. um hopefully I didn't bail up too many people but I know I definitely yeah I definitely was ready to tell the world initially um but then my close family and friends um they were stoked that um that I'm calling myself better um and and cured so to speak but um but they didn't really they they were happy for me but they didn't really want to listen they got a bit lost and, and you know when I started going over what I was practicing in they um you know that I think they were just happy to say oh we're happy that you're not in pain but you know we don't really need to hear about that and I was like well no there's so much science in it guys like it's I'm not airy fairy carrying on about you guys know me like and um yeah and it's you know it's not out there widely so um I understand why so many people I guess gave me funny looks or um didn't really want to hear about it too much so um you know that's why I guess I check in with my, my podcast at times and just be happy to to you know for this to be my journey and um if I can help anybody then you know then I will but um I'll try to come down off that high mountain and <laughs> and not uh, tell everybody. I still find that such a challenge because I sit back and I think this stuff is incredible. Like I just wish people knew and I sit back and I go, how did we get it so wrong? Like when you look oh, at medicine and how people are treated and how did we get it so wrong? Like mm. Absolutely. And and I think on the professional side of sport as well, like, you know, guys that are having chronic injuries reoccurring and reoccurring and, you know, on the sports side of things, like, yeah, this, this is such a gateway to, to, you know, dealing with things beyond just, you know, surgeries and medications and, yeah, um, yeah, it's sad, but... Uh, you know, with podcasts like yours and and more and more books being written and, you know, movies and um, hopefully the, you know, I hope that the pharmaceuticals companies become smaller and, the you know, things like this become bigger. Oh, one can only hope. <laughs> yeah. So I'll ask you, um, earlier in the podcast you said, um, that you view the body like a machine. That's how you, you know, you used to view it. How do you view the body now that you've been through what you've been through? Yeah, the body is a component of the brain. The brain's the machine, you know, the brain's <laughs> the, um, you know, the central motor, isn't it, for, for me now and um, everything else I do not, give it any attention so gone are the days of those foam rollers and balls and things that you would you know I'd try and limber up on it's or stretching it's purely about 
what's in between my ears um, and it's purely about that. So um, that's, yeah, how I, how I treat it. Um, you know, I actively train four times a week, you know, and still squeeze a surf in every now and again. And um, if I'm feeling anything around my body, it's um, to be dealt with between the ears. So yeah, body is not a, the body is not a machine. Mm, it's incredible how it totally changes your, you know, view of health and wellness. It certainly yeah. did for me too. Ah, oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, so I think um, we might start to wrap up now if there's, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. Oh, not really. I just, you know, want to thank you for having me on this podcast. And I really oh, hope no. that thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, I really hope that there's, you know, people that are listening in. And, you know, I'd like to think that lower back problems are a fairly common one and necks and migraines. They are, yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to chronic pain and uh, or chronic injuries as well. And, um, yeah, like... Uh, I really am. I can't emphasize enough that I was just a, a regular Australian who, um, you know, like I said, thought the body was a machine and um, my life has just changed so much for the better. Like, you know, it's, it's mind boggling how, how much I've changed in two and a half years and to be 42 and still skating around with the, with my sons and surfing and running around and, you know, and falling and lifting heavy things. And it's just incredible. Like um, just, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're unsure, just go with it. It's yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't recommend it more. Mm, how incredible, how incredible for you to be, out there and active and you know as someone who is an ordinary Australian and who was told that you know they couldn't couldn't be so yeah yeah just incredible so um yeah thank you and as you said this this is you know out there for the ordinary Australian you just have to open your mind to it I guess and be willing to put the work in for yourself I think that's yeah, which I think could be hard for, a, you know, probably the, I'm, I'm generalising here, but for the stereotypical Australian male from 35 upwards, you know, I don't think, um, I think we were all very much from fathers who were, you know, of the suck it up type mentality and, um, yeah, so um, not you know, not to bag our fathers. They were a product of their generation their as generation, well. generation, yeah. Um, but, you know, we're fairly sceptical, um, you know, beings and we've been brainwashed with, you know, modern medicine. But, um, yeah, so much more to re- to recovery than than pills and, and um, modern doctors, that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the, like, you know, being particularly difficult for the men of your age is 100% for sure. And it's like, 
even, you know, some people I know definitely have some TMS stuff going on and they're like young girls my age and even that it's incredibly difficult for them to broach. So like I can't even imagine the challenges for. Yeah, yeah. it just must be the, the way we were all brought up that, you know, when you have a problem, you go to the GP. When you have a sports injury, you go to a physio. <clears throat> um, you know, we were just, it was so ingrained in us that these were our outlets and that was it. Um, I think it's, I think it's often easier too. Like I go to that person, they can fix me. Yeah. Like rather than it's going to be two years of repetition and changing my brain and thinking and, you know, I actually have to sit down and journal out and get out the stuff that I've been pressing down and repressing all these years. And like, that's hard. It's hard. It is. And, and confronting, like, you know, we all want to forget certain things. Um, but if we haven't dealt with those suppressed emotions, then, um, you know, forgetting, trying to forget is not going to get you anywhere. No, because you're just constantly pushing them down and that hurts you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it hurts us all in different ways, doesn't it, um, you know, that we're finding. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's been really good to chat. It's, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Adam. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, it was so fabulous to have Adam on the show for so many reasons. Um, you know, back pain is so common, migraines, neck pain, also common. And Adam is, you know, uh, proof that, that these things can improve. And also, as he raised himself, um, being in that sort of middle-aged male category, just just amazing that he was willing to come on and share and be so vulnerable. Um, I did forget to say at the start that there was a moment in that in that episode where the Zoom dropped out. Um, so I'm sure you picked up on that. But yeah, I hope you enjoy that episode, and I'll I'll see you next time. Bye bye.